All right. All right, let's have this family gathering meeting come to order. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we wanted to be more like a square, but we didn't know how many people would show up, so we had to do the two rows. But I know Dee's not in here, but I really want to thank Dee because she did a lot of this work. Um, and we wanted to, I know, we wanted to, uh, we wanted you guys to walk in this morning and just have a little shock value of like, oh, it's different, right? And, and to think and like, wait, what's going on? And because that's part of the series that we're in is really what the church is, right? Our series is called Be the Church, God's Original Design. And so how did God really want this church to be? And if you look back to when he first started the church, you can get a good idea of when he what he wanted to do and the principles and the concepts and the foundation he wanted to lay. So as an exercise today, why you have pins, hopefully they work. If they don't, just go and then roll them really fast. Um, that might work. So on the, on the, top, of your, on the top of your notes, um, I want you to write down on the left column, we're going to do a left column, right column. On the left column, I just want the one through five, I just want you to write down um, basically, what's on your mind this morning? What's uh, stressing you out? What's got you? What are the top things? And I don't want you to judge it yourself. I want you to go, okay, how, uh, what's most dominating your thoughts? And try and do that one to five. What's the, the thought or the subject in your life that dominates your thought process and your, your mind the most? So it could be a job, or it could be your health, or it could be all, whatever. So just go in your top five things of what's dominate, dominating your mind this morning as you're coming in. Coffee. <laughs> this, this is a serious time, Mark, so be serious, no joking. So what's on your mind? They're just the things that are on your mind as a normal believer. We're coming into church, but what's dominating the mind? There's no correct answers. Didn't take the plastic thing off. Yeah. If your pen's not working, there's probably a little plastic thing on the end. You need to pull that off, else it won't work. Doesn't matter how much you do that. Yeah, I know exactly right. Exactly. Good. Good insight. Yes. And if you're so tired, nothing's on your mind. You can just put that like, or or just write the word blah. Blah might sum it up if that's what's on your mind. Just what's on your mind, the top five things. If David Letterman had to say, this is the top thing, five things in your mind for Eric Ball. Number five. If you can't think of five, we don't have to have five. Just if you run out, you run out. Shouldn't be that hard. Your mind is constantly thinking and processing and doing stuff. What's it mostly? Okay, so... As you wrap that up, on the other side, and this may t and you can ponder this a little. I want you to ponder this of, about what we've talked about for the last several weeks. I want you to write what you think was on the minds of the early church if they, when they came and they met at someone's house within the you know, first, let's say, year of the church. What do you think were the top concerns dominating the minds of the early church. As they came and they met together, what do you think was on their mind? What do you think was heavy to them? What was maybe 
maybe a stressful things for them. Was it exactly like our society today, or were there other pressures and other things that were obviously, you know, looming? Oh, Michelle's done fast. And especially thinking about what you've read in the scriptures and what we've been talking about the last few weeks, what do you think they were thinking about? Excuse me. All right, so let's, uh, as you're finishing that up, you can still think. Anyone want to share what, what's on their mind? Or could this be dangerous? Should we say, you know, keep it P, you know, PG rated, right? Yeah, what do you got? Jesus what? Being God. Being God. Oh, the early church was thinking that? Yeah? That's good. That's good. What else? What, now let's talk about what, what's on our minds today. So first list, left side. Anyone want to share? Yeah, Michelle. Um, I put tired, school, stress, and total writer's block. <laughs> that's good. Tired, stress, writer's block, school, get, finishing up your degree. That's a big stressor. Paula? Read my Bible, speaking peace, kids, grandkids, money, and relationships. Mm, good. Those are good, good subjects. Woodwork for Mark, yeah? yeah I don't read Just one thing? No. The others aren't, aren't appropriate? Okay. God, work, sleep, and coffee. Okay. <laughs> Mark's very simple. I like that. A lot of us guys are simple. Debbie? Kalia? Kalia. Kalia, sorry. Oh, being bullied at school, yeah. That's a big concern. Yeah. Yep, that's a, that could actually be on both lists. Can you imagine the bullying that was going on from the early church switching over and abandoning all their old laws and stuff? Yeah, Vicki. Due to finances, we're probably going to put our house up for sale. Ooh, yeah. Big stressor there, huh? Big thought dominator. That's good. Anybody else? A couple more, maybe? Yeah, Eric? Work stuff. Wow, the guys are awesome. Can't, you know, <laughs> men, man, that this, yeah. <laughs> okay, wow, that's good. Eric, I, you know, you're awesome. That's probably most of the guys. Anyone else? Let's take one more. Anybody? Come on, maybe some young millennials. Yeah, I got, Josiah. Uh, school, place to live, health, car, and then God. Nice, okay, good. It's good stuff. So those are common things in our mind. Let's look at the difference maybe. So let's look at the right list. What do you guys think was on the minds of the early church? Let's take some hands. Don't raise some hands. Yeah. Messiah's rule. Messiah's rule. Okay, good. Safety. Safety, right? Persecution was breaking out. What else? Witnessing. Witnessing, sharing your faith, right? That was a big deal. When people were being added to the church daily, do you know they, that was on their mind? How about 3,000? Yeah, 3,000 in a day. Their future. Their future. What their future held. How long would it be? Until Christ came back, would they die? Would they make it? Crazy reports, miracles, healing, 
Oh, yeah, praise reports. So every time they met, they probably had a lot of testimonies. Mark? I think it was like food, water, safety, and shelter. Okay, good, like, yeah, the basics. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have any place to live. Yeah. Right. Um, yep, meeting house to house, not knowing where to go. Fear of the rulers. Fear of the rulers, yep. Fear of the rejection. and. So the dilemma. Right. Yeah, until that, they were like, whoa, what do I do? And then when they actually got baptized, that was an outward public show that you now decided this, and now you're on the list. That's a good one. See, these are really good, and I want you to think about, as we go into some, some worship and some praise, I want you to think about that mindset of that early believer. And I want you to look around, and there, there's some chairs empty in here. Normally in our churches, we'd say, we need to pray and have new people come fill the chairs. But today, I want you to think about these chairs as people that just got martyred for their faith. And when you showed up to your house meeting, and normally Sammy's sitting over in the corner there, he's not here today because he just got killed for believing in Jesus Christ. That was probably on their mind because some of their friends were getting martyred and thrown in jail. Maybe the other three were three brothers and they're all in jail now because they decided to go preach on the streets and that wasn't allowed. And so they all were beaten, right? Beaten and whipped and then thrown in jail and with, with no hope of getting out. So a difference, right, of, of what we're coming with today and what the early church, and I, I want us to have that because today we're talking about um, breaking bread. We're talking about Acts 2.42 where it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, koinonia. We talked about that last week. Today we're talking about the breaking of bread. And really the breaking of bread simply is about meeting together and doing what we're going to do in a few minutes, which is take communion, but not primarily breaking bread. Really just meant eating together, spending time together, fellowshipping at meals. And there's a lot of reasons why they did that. But can you imagine how important this meal would be if we had on our minds the things that the early church had on their mind. If those things were happening in our life, and like Kalani said, we were afraid of being bullied or being mistreated, and we were coming here knowing that this was a safe place, that we could come and get encouragement and love and acceptance and learn about our faith in Christ so that we could have more boldness, a place where, we, where when we gathered, over and over, the Holy Spirit would drop and fill us with power and strength and courage. Throughout Acts, that happened a lot, where the Holy Spirit would shake, the room shook, and they were all filled with boldness and courage. And so you can see the difference, and I want you to think that and get that in your mind and think about, man, what would it be like to be in that early church and to then realize, you know, we should be having some of those, that thinking pattern and style within our own church body. With our, with, within our own gatherings, whether it's in this building or if it's in your home, with one or two people. I mean, you just get one person that adds in, are you getting money right now? That's cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, ching, that's like the cash app, right? Someone just sending you a payment? Yeah, I like that. That's always a fun sound in your phone. Ching, ching, oh, I'm getting money. Um, but I want you to think of that today as we worship and as we remember what Christ did, and I want you to remember what it was like to be in that early church mode 
where it was fresh, where and if, if you can, just close your eyes with me, and I just want you to think about the fact that, you know, we're in March, and let's say we're a year out from when Christ died and rose again, and we're approaching Passover's coming in a little bit. We've been in this new church. Jesus has resurrected, shown himself. Miracles have been happening all last fall in September and through the winter. People are being saved. Our church is growing, but there's major persecution. Some of our friends have died. And here we are in in March getting ready for the year birthday of Jesus uh, resurrecting from the dead. And we're kind of excited, but at the same time, I want you to think about this. We're kind of, some of us are having the thought of, well, I wonder how much longer it's going to be. Because Jesus said he was coming back, and man, I really thought it, it would, would be before now. It's almost been a year, and he's still gone. What if it's 10 more years, or 5, or 20? And, and so the doubts start creeping in. Is, is he really coming back? Is he, is he really going to do this? And I just want you to think of that and think, go, hey, God, as we, here we are 2,000 years plus later, and we are, as a church, still waiting for your return. Lord, how much of us have allowed those doubts and things to creep in to make us become complacent or become apathetic in our relationship to you? And we just kind of get in ruts and routines. And we, we sure love you still, God, of course. We'll never stop that. But we're not passionately being devoted to the things of God like Acts 2.42 says, devoted to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. And so I want you just to have that in your heart as we enter into some worship. And Chris and Gary and Allison are going to lead us in some worship. And I'm going to pray. Um, And I I just want you to feel comfortable that, you know, as a family room, if if you want to stay seated, you can. If you want to just get up and stand on the side or stand over here and just worship God, um, that's totally fine. We're going to take a few minutes and let's just worship God together. And then we'll just continue on with our our gatherings. Does that sound good? good? Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for raising from the dead, conquering hell, and giving us the power and the authority to have this new family. God, we pray, Lord, that you would bless our time together. Lord, that that we would encourage each other, edify one another, and love each other, God, and that we would honor you We would honor you in all that we do. Lord, we just pray and thank you for all that you've done. We thank you, God, for the food you provided. We thank you for our families. We thank you for the car that got us here. We thank you, Lord, for the clothes that we're wearing. We're thankful that we have a roof so we don't have to be in the wet weather, God. Um, God, we're just so grateful for all that you've done. And Lord, we just want to sing songs and just praise you and thank you for who you are because of how great and awesome you are, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So stand if you want to. Don't feel like you have to, but we're just going to sing and just uh, worship the Lord. Find someone from a different table and say hi. Got to get up out of your seat. Mark, nice to meet you. All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Give someone a high five and say, that's enough. I don't want to know any more about you.
just kidding, just kidding. No, no, don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys can sit down in your chairs if you want for a little bit, and we're going to continue on with our gathering of the called out ones in the house, right? You know you're the called out ones, right? You've all been called out of darkness into light. Hey, so um, if you didn't get to attend our business meeting, which was last Wednesday, um, you really missed out. But, um, and if you made up silly excuses like flooded roads and stuff, yeah, that's, we'll let it slide this one year. Um, but I want to um, <coughs> let you know about a few things that we're doing as a church so that you can be in on it this month, because this month is an exciting month because we're dedicating this month and maybe even longer to specific corporate prayer time. Um, we believe, as you know, uh, obviously by, if you've been in the church for all, you know where we're at as far as our growth and, and numbers and all that, and you know financially where we're at uh, because it's on your bulletins, so I'm going to steal this real quick. Um, you know, January we got 5377, uh, February we got 4300, so obviously that's not enough to pay rent. So, um, so we're going to, you know, we have a reserve to... We're okay, we're not closing doors today, but we need to enter in a time as a church as a time of corporate prayer um, and intense seeking of the Lord. The Bible clearly talks about if we seek God and through fasting and prayer, you can move mountains, you can, you can change. God's even changed his mind sometimes when Moses came to him and said, hey, don't do, yeah, he's praying. So we can do the same thing. So put up that slide on there on um, some of the... No, you just click on it and hold it. But anyway, so this month, we're going to dedicate Wednesday nights to prayer, or excuse me, Wednesdays. So Wednesday, I'm asking you, and I'm asking us as a family, um, to dedicate Wednesdays to corporate prayer. So that means uh, on Wednesday, we're going to be fasting and praying. So I want you guys to um, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to fast on Wednesdays, if that's... One meal, if it's all the meals, if it's whatever you want to do, whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, do that. And we want to spend time, instead of eating lunch or breakfast or all, spend that time seeking God and praying, right? So we want to pray and seek the Lord and ask him for favor on the rivers, for um, his will to be done in our church, for, um, for new people to come in. We want to pray and ask God for his anointing on our, on our, uh, our next steps as a church, we have, a lot, we have someone, a new church renting our building um, starting Wednesday nights for the youth group. They're going to rent for their youth group on Wednesday nights, the 2nd and 4th. So we're moving our wor normal worship night. So the first Wednesday night, which is this Wednesday night, and then the third Wednesday night of the month, we're going to be worshiping and praying here on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. On the 2nd and 4th Wednesday nights, we're going to still be praying, but we're going to meet on Facebook at seven o'clock to pray together. And so me and Mike, Mikey got food poisoning last night. Um, so he's not able to attend. So they're, they're not here today, but we were testing, me and Mike were testing out a Facebook thing where we can actually, I can be praying and then I can, Chris has a word that he wants to pray. I can actually ch put it over to Chris and it'll be Chris's face on the Facebook live and then he can pray. So we're going to do that where we can jump around and pray for each other. But we're asking on the, on those Wednesdays that you somehow find a way to log into that. It's our, it's our church Facebook page 
and that you log in so you can pray with us via that avenue. And so, and then we're also asking that if you are, uh, would want to go to someone's house in the church on that night, on the 2nd and 4th, please do. Like, the more we get together in little small groups is awesome. So, find, so try and start planning for that. So um, on uh, the 1st and 3rd, we'll be meeting, um, on the 1st and 3rd, we'll be meeting here, 2nd and 4th on the web, okay? First and third here, second and fourth on the web. But the whole Wednesdays are dedicated to prayer. So we're, we're asking that you just join us. We want to seek the Lord. Revival always comes, and the prelude to that is always people humbling themselves, getting on their face, repenting, and crying out to God for mercy and for his spirit to move. That's a common thread. Yes? On the fifth Wednesday, it's bonus night, and we meet at John's Incredible Pizza. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't think there's a fifth one this month, but on the next one, yeah, we would probably, uh, that's a good, great question. We'll have to address that next month. So, but we want to make Wednesdays that type of prayer. We want, to, we, we want to push until something happens. You heard that push thing for prayer, right? Pray until something happens. We want to push until something happens for breakthrough. Yes. Yeah. There was never an answer. Do you pray through? Yeah. Because if you pray through, you get your answer. Yep, you do. And we're going to pray for breakthrough. So we're calling it a breakthrough prayer where we're believing for breakthrough in your personal life. So on those Wednesdays, we're going to be focusing on an area in our own life that we want breakthrough that we just haven't gotten either freedom in from some type of vice or there's some big thing looming like for the moving it's you know Bob and Vicky got to have a decision to sell the house and moving and all that so that's a thing we can fast and pray for um, but we're also want to pray that day for the corporate church we want to pray for the rivers church our local body God what do you have for us <coughs> What, what, what's your next steps? What do you see? And we're asking the Holy Spirit to show us all. This isn't a, the, the corporate America says, one person comes in and says, hey, we're all doing this and follow me and listen and sit down and shut up. That's how the, the world works. Church is not supposed to be that way. Church is supposed to be a corporate body, the whole body working together as one. So we're asking as a leadership team and our council is asking all of us to join in, pray, Listen to Jesus, listen to the Holy Spirit, write in your journals, ask him questions. Holy Spirit, what do you, how do you want me to pray for the Rivers Church today? And he will speak to your heart, and you can pray that way. What, do you have a word for the church? Yeah, come talk to me. If the Holy Spirit gives you a word, let's do that. We'll share it with the body and get that out, because the Holy Spirit is in charge, right? So we're asking you to do that on Wednesday. Is that clear? Any questions on that? So we're going to do 7 to 8 on prayer here. And then 7 to 7.30 online, that could go longer depending on how many, I mean, we jumped on just to test it, and we already have just friends jumping on and prayer requests. So there's going to, you know, we did it on a Saturday night before just for fun and said, hey, we're praying. Anyone want prayer? And then just people started, hey, pray for my aunt. They're going in the street. So we just started praying for people, and we want you to join online, and you'll see the prayer requests, and we can all be praying together via that avenue. So we're excited for that to, um, because we believe that, if we don't have a foundation of prayer for what God's uh, going to do in this place, we're not going to get to do what God wants us to do in this place. So we have to have that foundation. That's got to be the ongoing heartbeat of our church. And I think next week um, we'll be talking about prayer because it's our fourth word in this series and, and our last one in the series, what we're devoted to. We're devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, today's breaking of bread, next week's, and prayer. And we're going to talk about why prayer is so important, different ways to pray, and it's going to be a fun time. So...
um, make sure you come next week. Bring a friend. We should all be inviting people to this family. This is a family gathering where we come to worship the Lord. This isn't necessarily uh, 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 Sundays, you know, they're more outreachy today, but our church is about seeking God. And we want friends to come and know Jesus. We don't want friends to come in here, see the world type of church where they just go, oh, I just come to church and I'm a Christian. No, 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 there's a lot more to it. I almost showed that video, Teresa, that you played last night. It was pretty credible. But um, church is a lot more than just attending church. Your relationship to God is more than just showing up at a building. Your relationship to God is about hearing him and obeying him and doing and, and going through with that. So does that sound like a good plan? Are you guys excited? You guys, is it hot in here? Are you guys, it's hot in here? Okay, maybe we'll turn the heat, heat up, I mean down. Yeah, since you asked. Yes, it's hot. So um, let's, so we're going to go into a time of communion, and um, I'm going to read a scripture, and then I'm going to have some of the pastors share. So if you have a Bible, um, you can open up with me to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 11. And as you're opening up, I'm going to turn the heat down. Eleven twenty-three. First Corinthians eleven twenty-three. So this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he's actually bringing correction to their meetings. So <laughs> their meetings are kind of getting crazy. Um, we're not going to talk about that, but you know, you, you think after years of meeting house to house, people get distracted, right? They start leaving out things like, you know, praying and waiting for each other and being kind. They just get busy. They start out adding a lot of other things to it as well. But Paul's just bringing correction and bringing us back to a home base of what the Lord's Supper was about. And even though the word in, in the Greek for breaking bread is not directly tied to communion as we know it today, it is definitely uh, affiliated with it. But the word breaking bread literally means to break off, take away a piece from the whole. And so, but as we talk about communion here, Paul is um, bringing us back to the, the kind of the foundational point of what it should be like. So in verse 23, he says this in 1 Corinthians 11, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, <coughs> on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat this, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28, let, but let a man, person, man or woman, examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, 
not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So some powerful words of bringing back to what the essence of communion was about, and the time to do that which was often. And I'm going to ask Craig and Eric to share a little bit about that. And who's doing the, the bread? Yes. Try not to point that at the speakers, else we'll all be having ear surgery. Yeah, just. So, in the Bible, the bread often represents um, a gift from God. Manna fell from heaven, right? Sustained them all. What'd they do? They grumbled, they complained, they whined, they sniveled until the Lord opened up the ground and swallowed a bunch of them. That was a great plan, huh? Because what's his bread? It's life. It's life unto us. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, And it sustained the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land, where the land was then what? Flowing with anybody, milk and honey. Doesn't that sound good? I love milk and honey. So throughout the Bible, you know, you have these things, and then when you come to the Last Supper, and Jesus is breaking the bread, and it's a representation of himself. Now now think about, about that for a second. Bob and I, we're one, right? Why? In the body of Christ which was what for us by the representation of bread. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus' body, we are part of that. So we, in fact, as we, when we come to him by the spirit of adoption, are then broken. You and I together with him because he wants us to be in that kind of relationship with the Father. Isn't that beautiful? How good is that? How great is our God? We think of something, you know, oh, we're one with Christ because, oh, he adopted us, and, you know, it's, it's pretty and it's wonderful. No, it's so deeper. It is beyond your imagination how deep his love is for us. And we get to participate in this, what we call communion. Some churches do it once a month, some once a week. But I submit to you, do it every time you eat. Every time. It's that important. It's that deep. It is that important to not only your physical life, but your spiritual life. Lord, as we examine ourselves, as the scriptures we just read said we should do, I kept reading (laughs) past the last verse that, that was read, and it said, If we would judge ourselves correctly, we would not need to be judged. Wow. So here we are with our family, which should be more important to us than our earthly family from our mom and dad. Because we're going to spend eternity together, us. So let us take a few moments and judge ourselves correctly.
Lord, we thank you for what this represents, this family that we are one of, this family that makes us one with you, this family that makes us one with the Father. In Jesus' name. As, as we prepare and think about the blood of Christ. I was drawn back through the scriptures of, of the various places where the whole thing was instituted, where what's important about the blood. And I go back to Leviticus 17.11, where it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. That's the guts of it. Without the blood, no atonement. Without the blood, no hope. And then I jump over to Hebrews. Nine. Verses 19 through 22. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the, the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Purification. We want to be clean before God. It takes the blood. Then I jump back to 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. And that's what we've been looking at, traditions of our fathers here recently, really. The traditions of the church. You know, what's it, what's it become? It's become tradition. There's a lot of things that, that we've been talking about. It goes on, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then to Matthew 26. See, when it, whenever I think of this celebration, the celebration of uh, communion, uh, the Last Supper, Passover, uh, it's, it's all tied together. It's all interwoven. And I think of that time where, where Jesus said, this is what you need to do. Verses 17 through 30, now on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, 
where do you want to 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 prepare want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. In other words, with his followers, with the followers of Jesus Christ. And so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. This was his body of believers. He sat down with them. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? There was an introspection going on, just as we need to have an introspection going on. Lord, where have I failed you? Have I failed you? He answered and says, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to the man of whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Oh, my goodness. I don't want Jesus to ever have to say that about me. It would have been better that you were never born. And then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said, you have said it. (laughs) And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for, for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. (laughs) And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The cup is before you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your son, Jesus, that became the new covenant. That we don't have to go out and, and find the, the, the unblemished lamb and sheep and, and, and goat, whatever, and, and go through that process of, of, of sacrifice. But, Father, you have provided our sacrifice And, Father, may we understand each time we do this that we are remembering, we are celebrating that sacrifice for us. Because, Father, without it, we do understand our sins would still be hung on us. But Christ took them off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the celebration that that Jesus was with his body of Christ when he did this so that, that we also can be with our body, our church, as we celebrate it. Father, thank you for this gift. Let us take and drink. Thank you, Eric. 
So I was reading in one of, one of my uh, dictionary books for the Bible that when they broke bread, it was the introduction to the main course. I thought that's pretty cool. You know, thinking about when Jesus broke their bread saying, this is my new covenant. This is the main course. This is the whole reason I came to do this with you. And, you know, breaking a bread, the word isn't really completely related to communion. It is very connected to it, but it actually means to do what we're going to do in the sermon. So instead of preaching today, you're going to all preach together with me by literally getting up, go getting some food and eating together. And to me, that's the biggest lesson that we can get is the fact that we do need to really eat together and not just on an occasional once a year. I mean, this should be a common thing in our body where we actually come and eat in fellowship today together. I want you to remember three things, though, as you eat, that this is about remembering what Christ has done, right? Two, that we desperately need him today. We need his sustaining life in us. We need the life that comes through each other because Christ is in all of us and all of us together complete and make up the body. So it's only in us being together that we are the full strength of the body. So we have to remember that we need him today and that we're all doing this also to remember for hope that one day he is coming back. And, and every time we're together, we should be talking about that and reminding each other so that we're doing what we need to do today to get to where we want to be in our tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Last thing is this bread and the blood represents his presence. And that when Jesus did that, he was promising you and me that when we would do this communion thing and breaking bread thing, that he promised that he would be present here with us. And that is awesome. So let's, in faith, go get some food, come back, talk with each other, and break bread together, and realize that Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the Most High God, is present here with us right now. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, bless this food that we're going to partake together. Bless it to our bodies. Bless our conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you get a plate and come back, I would ask that you, uh, as you're talking with someone, you can move around and, and visit with other people, of course, but would you share um, a scripture that jumped out at you this week in your journal time or your devotional time? Just share a scripture that jumped out and why that jumped out at some point in your conversation. Can we do that? All right, ladies first, jump on over there and grab something to snack on.